0: Welcome to the Swipe Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're joined with our guest host, Paulson, who was one of the co authors for the book Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the uh, Young Professionals Edition. And we thought we'd have a conversation on personal finance. So, Paulson, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me back, Lukey.
0: Not a problem. Always a pleasure. So I've been having a lot of conversation with folks with, with the release of the book um, at, at, at the young professional level. So recently graduated, uh, started a job and, and eager and raring to go, uh, starting their, their life out after school, that sort of thing. Um, but oftentimes the conversation of uh, personal finance comes out where they talk about like savings and 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 budgeting and and uh, um, RSPs, TFSAs and which they invest in and then uh, other things of that nature. So I thought we'd grab one of our experts <laughs> to, to have a bit of a conversation on things folks should consider. And obviously this is just a conversation between between us. So for, for those that are listening uh, for whatever your personal needs, consult your own uh, financial advisor and, and finance professional um, for, for your particular needs. But uh, hopefully we'll give you some, some thoughts and, and insights and in terms of things that you should start asking about or, or looking into a, as part of that, so uh, yeah, I, I th- thought we we start the conversation with a little bit on kind of salary and benefits, right? So you just landed a job, you, you hopefully it was the one that you wanted, <laughs> and you're, you're you're doing a, a um, whatever you're doing, you're getting a paycheck every two weeks or every month, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so so you have benefits as well, so. Um, I think just as we were talking uh, off the air, there, there's the base compensation, which is your salary coming in. And then another aspect that people often uh, like put aside, so so the benefits side of that. So what, what are your kind of guidance advice on, on doing the most with their salary and their benefits and things like that uh, as, as they start their career path?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, it's, it's definitely an important topic, right? And I think for a lot of people, uh, uh, sometimes we... Definitely forget, especially when you're starting out your 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 career, the importance and uh, of some of these benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Lukey asked me to talk about this subject and, and just have this conversation, uh, I actually uh, you know just took a quick look on Google and and I what I found was that um, companies actually budget for fifteen like large companies uh, I, I should say budget for almost fifteen to thirty percent of their payroll on benefits, mm-hmm. right? And you can almost think of that as a 15 to 30% bonus on top of your salary, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, right? Put differently. So uh, I think what it entails is really that that things like, uh, you know, getting dental, right? Or, or a new mm-hmm. pair of glasses every year, right? Uh, flex dollars, other health benefits, insurance, right? Disability, critical illness, uh, life insurance, all of those things put together, right? They're worth money there's mm-hmm. money out of the pocket right and 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 often when you're young you know starting out sometimes there there are things that you don't think about and there are things that you know you might say hey yeah this might be nice when I'm, I'm you know further on in, in my life but i i've like you know it's especially through covid it's become just for me anyways really apparent that that some of these things can really come into use earlier Right. And, and, and more and more, you're seeing people, you know, talking about things like even uh, mental wellness and, and all of these type of subjects. Right. So, so personal care, don't underestimate it. And, and it's definitely uh, a, can be a pretty significant portion and, and, and just factor that in into the overall compensation package as well.
0: For sure. So, so what that amounts to is you have your, your paycheck coming in, um, but you also have this other thing, which may be a, untapped resource. So your benefits. So so even though it may be complicated, maybe hard to understand, take a moment mm-hmm. to read through it and see what's actually available. So you mentioned a bunch of things like like uh, maybe flex dollars or dental or massage and, and things like that. So uh, what is covered and available? And um, t- to your point about the 15%, I mean, those are for larger companies, smaller companies might only do like one or 2%. But hey, yeah. we could all use a one or 2% <laughs> pay increase for as sure. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I- I've also seen that that sometimes they allow you to take those those money. So if you don't have braces or don't need eyeglasses or whatever you could put it into let's say uh, an rsp or something like that right and and they can kind of put that in or match um i've also seen companies that that do kind of bonuses for things like like certifications so if you get uh for your particular area a um like for me it it used to be like a project management professional a pmp Uh, the company actually gave me a bonus for that right um i've seen other companies that actually uh give a little bit of incentive for volunteering, right? So, so they'll give like a uh, hundred dollars to the charity of your choice under your name, that sort of thing. Um, and and there's a whole bunch of other things that are uh, not necessarily well, that are paid for by the company that a lot of people don't take advantage of. And there are also like the group buy programs, like the the Procopolis and and what have you, where you can save uh, at at certain retailers and things like that. So make sure that that you you uh, take a look at some of those those things, right? For sure. um, yeah and I'll, I'll just
1: add one thing and, and luke you touched on it which is just so important um that that definitions matter in these mm. things right so in the booklet right what what it actually describes the de- level of detail to which things are described that's what's included in your package and that's what your your, your employer is paying for right mm-hmm. on your behalf right and then there are things that you might want to look at too like if it for know uh folks are thinking about getting their personal or private plans like on the side you really want to couple that with what's available through work as well right understanding that the what is made available through your employer would have a really specific definition and there are other things that you may want to complement it with as well
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah, So the homework for folks is to take a look at your benefits, everything that's encompassed in there. Uh, Oftentimes there's an employee portal that will have some of that in in there. Well, depending on the size of the company. So explore and be curious and and spend uh, uh, your your weekend or afternoon or whatever to kind of perusing to make sure that you're capitalizing on everything that's there. And then what you want to do is hopefully set up uh, a spending plan. Some people call it a budget, right? To, to know now that you're having money coming in, it's not an, um, an exhaustible source, right? It comes in, but expenses come out. So you want to make sure, well, how much do you make? Do you actually know? Because there's things like taxes. Sometimes they have like union dues and other fees and stuff like that. So your mm-hmm. your, your base salary is not necessarily what gets deposited into your bank account <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. So knowing that, that, that uh, amount... And then you want to think about things like like savings right so taking some of that income and saving and then obviously addressing all the expenses so for sure. some of the, the young professionals they might uh, still be living at home so that's a huge uh, burden that that's uh, off because they don't have rent or, or um, a mortgage to pay for so they have a little bit more flexibility but for those that are off on their own well they have a, a lot of other things that they have to consider as well so making sure that, that you know how much you are truly making versus kind of that annualized salary um, mm-hmm. You want to know how much is actually deposited on your in your bank account on a regular basis, and then how mm-hmm. much your ex, ex, ex your expenses are. Uh, what what are kind of your your thoughts and guidelines around uh, kind of spending plans and budgets, and and for people yeah. to really understand how how much is coming in and how much is going out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, and 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 I think especially you know today when when the, everywhere you, you go you see inflation being like. Uh, number one <laughs> thing like the that the economy is facing today but I, I i think that and and the other factor being that you know cities like big cities in, in canada are getting in increasingly expensive to live mm-hmm. in right i know that uh luke and i live in toronto and, and the cost of living is just going through the roof right so yeah it's it's a hot topic and 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 if there. There is no perfect answer, I think. And, and you want to give yourself a bit of grace. I, I think uh, that's the first thing uh, when it comes to this stuff. Uh, but I, I, I like to think of it as splitting it things into different buckets, right? And and uh, on a high level, there's usually an essential bucket that, that people have to plan for, right? Mm-hmm. This could be rent. It could be food. It could be um, um, maybe for some people going to the gym, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a, essential to them, right? And I think these are... A lot of times, these are planned expenses. They're expenses that um, don't don't change month to month, right? Your cell phone bill—that's you know until until it expires. It's it's basically it's expense you can plan for, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a non-essential bucket. You can think of it as you know more of a variable type of changing. This could be going to the movies. This could be planning that you know trip weekend trip to the Muskoka's. It could be. Um, <laughs> It could be any of those uh, those items, right? Shopping, whatever it is, Amazon. <laughs> and, and, and I think when you look at things, right? Once you have a grasp of your spending patterns in, in terms of the essential, non-essential, and you really wanna look at the savings bucket as well and, and almost treat that as a essential item, an mm. essential expense, right? And I, I think this was a, one of the concepts that we talked about in our book together, which was that, that when it comes to savings, the real power of it is is if you do it consistently if you do it with every paycheck and you treat it just like every other expense mm-hmm. right and i think uh, it doesn't have to start off you know big right and and it's something that you can certainly plan for and grow uh, as you grow, grow comfortable with with what you're spending but essentially you're you're really balancing that act between your are paying yourself first versus non-essential items and trying to figure out in between what, what that line looks like based on, you know, your salary, based on your compensation and based on uh, where you live and what you need to spend. Right.
0: For sure. I think the crux of it is just making sure that there's more money coming in than there is going out. That's kind of the the fundamental basics of it. And once you have that, then taking a look at uh, the, the, the money going out and, and thinking about things like essentials like so there are, those are the non-negotiable things that like, you have to have and that there are going to be different things for different people because as you said like the gym might be an essential for some people others it's 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 a non-essential right um i think that the point about savings as an essential item is, is definitely helpful and and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about essentials uh, about savings later um and then you want to plan for those non-essentials as well like you want to go out for dinner and and with, with with the boys with the girls with whomever uh Uh, on the weekends and this and that. Um, And then I think you you should also look to plan for emergencies, right? Those once off, like uh, speeding tickets, (laughs) uh, breakdowns in the car or or, uh, like any, any appliances or this and that or whatever Um, cell phone needs to be replaced and cracked screens and all that sort of stuff. And I think the guidance is something from like three to six months worth of expenses is kind of the guidelines Um, and, and making sure that you have that. And again, it starts, probably at zero <laughs> and then adding like 1% to it to 10% to it, to whatever you could manage on a regular basis, but doing it consistently and early uh, can, can be very helpful. So, and, and this is a process where you don't have to do it all at once, right? You, you can start thinking about, okay, do I have more money uh, coming in than going out? okay, great. Now, next week, you want to say, okay, how do I start allocating like the savings uh, amount? How do I start building this emergency fund? How do I start planning for that vacation next year, (laughs) overseas or wherever it is, Uh, Mm -hmm. and start building building on that? Um, Are there any other Um, uh, points that you want to add on that? Yeah,
1: like a a tip I I would, I would just bring up is that um, it, a lot of times when you keep things in one account, Mm. Uh, all of these things merge together it's it's mm. really easy to mix in your vacation fund with you know um what you're doing this weekend right for example and and I, I think just as a good practice like having different accounts set up whether it's savings accounts or uh, accounts outside of your general spending account it just makes things a little bit more difficult for you to have to access those funds right mm. and, and sometimes those those uh Still, the small barriers are, are what it takes to really all it takes sometimes to to really uh, make sure that that you get to stay disciplined and, and stick to what you have planned. Right. So I'd encourage you just take a look at that and, and figure out how to actually set up structures and systems in place to make it a little bit more difficult for yourself and at the same time, uh, allow you to keep to your planned budget or spending plan.
0: Yeah. And in this day and age, it's it's not necessarily that much more difficult to set them up, right? To have like kind of the um, normal bank account and then the, the one of those online brokerage or whatever accounts and then an automatic savings plan that takes out whatever $100 a paycheck, $1,000 paycheck, whatever you can manage. And then... Uh, in order for you to get that back into your account, it, it usually takes some time—three to five business days or whatever—and by that time, hopefully, the the urge to spend <laughs> is, is gone, mm-hmm. and and uh, you, you're able to, to kind of save some money. But sometimes, if you if you really want to, and, and that's something yeah. that you uh, that becomes an essential or or something that you really want, then then uh, at least you have thought through and planned on that. Yeah. Um, so, so the topic often comes up to with with savings. So you, we, we briefly touched upon that. And a lot of folks are like, you know what? I, I have some, some money set aside uh, and I can put somewhere. So uh, the initial discussion is things like RSP or TFSA. <laughs> so maybe kind of defining some of those terms. And, and obviously this is for a Canadian uh, audience, uh, but uh, in, in other countries they have similar products. Um, but if, if you were to kind of uh, have... Folks think about whether to put something in an RSP or TFSA. What 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 were your be your thoughts and guidance around that?
1: Yeah, um, so there there is no right answer, and and a lot of it is uh, understanding your situation and what your plan is uh, per se, and what you what you intend to do with with the money, right? Um, and but on a high level, like and and definitely as as we mentioned at the early uh, when we started the the, the podcast you know, seek out advice and if, if you need it, and, and especially when it comes to this area. So the way that these two account structures work is the uh, TFSA generally is a account. It's pretty easy to understand, you know, money that goes in is after-tax dollars, right? It's you've already paid tax on, 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 on those dollars. You put it into account called the TFSA, right?
0: And short for yeah. tax-free savings account, right? Tax-free yep. savings yep.
1: account, which is a bit of a misnomer because it's not really, just a savings account, it can be a savings account, but you can actually buy different types of securities inside. We'll talk about that after. But the, essentially how it works is that everything you put into it, it grows. Uh, if you make money, it grows tax-free. If you lose money, you also don't get any, you know, you can't claim expenses on that. But the whole idea of it is that money inside enjoys tax-free growth. And mm-hmm. when you take money out of the TFSA, it is, you also pay no taxes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's how the accounts is set up. The RRSP, uh, on the other hand, is uh, a little bit different. So it it's it's really a mechanism to control. It's an account structure that's in place to really control your income tax. Right, that's mm-hmm. really what it's for. It's the
0: um, registered, registered retirement savings plan. <laughs> for those that like what defi- definitions are? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Luki. So it's the the way that it works is that money you you put into it. Actually, acts as a income deduction, right? You're you're really lowering your taxable income by putting money into the RSP by the same amount that you put into the RSP. Um, and 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 if you think about it, right? When we were talking about you know your, your salary and benefits earlier, a, a lot of times when you're getting your paycheck, that that those taxes that you you need to pay are already deducted from your paycheck, right? They're mm-hmm. deducted off each and every one of your paychecks. And um, what ha- ends up happening is that when your money, when, when your taxable income is lowered, the, the CRA or the government now owes you money, right? Mm-hmm. And they give it back to you in the form of a refund, right? Because you prepaid those taxes, they're now giving it back to you because your, your taxable uh, income has dropped. And, uh, and it's now in this account structure called the RRSP, right? Um, the catch is that when you take money out of the RRSP, it's also treated as income. Right. It's also added to your tax tax bracket. Um, and, and the whole idea of the RSP is that ideally it's it's really meant for retirement when you don't have a salary anymore and or or years, you could say years where you don't have a salary. Right. That where if you need to take money out of the structure um, that, that you are in a lower tax bracket, hopefully at that time. And that that money you take out, you get to keep more more of it just because uh, you're you're in the lower tax bracket, right? So that that's how it works. In 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 the case of the RSP, uh, any growth is tax. Uh, you don't pay tax on on uh, while the money is growing inside. There's a compounding effect that can happen in in that sense. Uh, but when you're taking money out of the account, it is 100% taxable income. So that's the difference between the two, right? In terms of um, which one you you go with, there are it, it a lot of it depends on your plan and, and what that those funds that go into the account, what it's really meant for, right? Um, for example, if it's money that you might need in a you know in a few years, right? Uh, and you're you're anticipating, hey, I might need to pull this out in a couple of years to, to buy a, buy a, buy a home, right? Um, it the RSP if it's your first home the RSP has something called a first-time home buyer's plan which you can borrow from them and we can touch on that in a second but for the most part you don't want to lock up your money into an RSP when it's meant you know when if you need access to those funds while you're still uh anticipating that that you're going to work right because um, money that you take out yes you're getting that you're lowering your taxable income when by putting money into the RSP uh, but at the same time Right when when uh, you take it out, it's added to your income again. Right, so you don't necessarily want to to uh, restrict yourself if you feel like you need access to these funds and you kind of want to plan accordingly. Um, and in those cases, the TFSA might be a better structure to to go with. Right, um, if saving taxes is your number one priority and and this is for long term money, then yeah, RSPs are are generally going to be. Um, the best account to go with for, for most ca- Canadians, es- especially uh, as your income goes up and, uh, and you move up the, uh, uh, the, the tax bracket uh, in, in, in terms of compensation. So, yeah, those are some things to consider. Obviously, it doesn't cover everything, but it, I would say that you'd really want to map that out and, and seek some professional advice, uh, ideally to make sure that your, your goals are in line with how you're structuring things. And uh, every year does matter when it comes to these accounts, just because uh, you know we are allocated a certain amount of space every year and, and you want to plan accordingly with that.
0: Yeah. So so what I took from that is uh... With anything, just start, right. Regardless of what what you do, put it in one of the two. Uh, I think the guidance that I've heard is is when you're young and starting out, you probably want to put it more to the TFSA, right? Because you're not making a ton of money, so that that taxes, you're probably not in the highest tax bracket at that point, right? Well, although some of you who are kind of uh, like. Uh, high-achieving professionals and you started off there, maybe maybe you, you're there. But for the, the most kind of young professional, uh, recent grad type of thing, you're probably in a slightly lower tax bracket. So, so you're probably going to uh, be uh, a little bit better off putting stuff in your TFSA. And then once it's maxed out, then put into your RSP. And then once those are maxed out, then you can put it into kind of general savings. And hopefully you get to that point and that doesn't mean you have to, right? So everyone's in their own unique situation uh, where you might not be able to max out any any of those two. But the goal is to try to uh, put in as much as you can because to, to your point about like, the compounding effect, it helps. So when you're starting at 22 versus 32 versus 42, there's all sorts of different calculators where like you, you could like double uh, your, your um, savings each time, that, that sort of thing, each decade that you're early or, or that sort of thing, right? So you want to make sure that, that you're you're capitalizing on that. Um, yeah and I've heard folks uh, discussing and not so much recently, but before um, things like the fire movement. Have you, have you heard of that? Like the financial independence, retire early Uh, any thoughts or comments on, on, on that kind of way of living your life and spending your money and saving.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's well, it's um, I mean, everyone wants to, a lot of people want to retire early. Right. I think that's, that's clear. Um, It's, and a lot of it comes down to what your priority is, mm-hmm. right? And the type of life you want to live. And and some of this goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about that spending plan and what that looks like for you, right? And no one can really uh, dictate, you know, the type of life that that you want to live. So, yeah, I, I, I've seen folks planning. Um, I have a, a, a client of mine is, is planning to retire in his early forties. Right. and mm-hmm. And he's, Normal person and wants to not making incredible salaries, but they're making the necessary, uh, I guess, sacrifices on on a daily basis, like on a you know annual basis, to make sure that they can reach their goals to to do that. Right. So so I think it's it's definitely uh, if that is what it, your passion is uh, and to live uh, financially free, then plan for it and put a budget in place, put a space spending pattern, savings. Plan in place, and then and, uh, and and execute execute well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know when my parents were growing up, there was the saying, a penny saved is a penny earned, right? So they were very focused more on the expenses versus the the income. Seems that nowadays more people are focused on the income, just making a bajillion dollars on an annual salary uh, versus looking at the, the expenses. Because, well, if you have, let's call it a high price uh, Starbucks coffee versus a, a more cost-effective Timmy's coffee, right? Uh, it depends if you're a, a coffee connoisseur or not. But if, if all you need is a little bit of caffeine, then saving two, three bucks, on a daily basis can add up over time and and those little sacrifices um quote-unquote uh, might be useful to help you kind of retire in your 50s 40s or what, whatever it is that, that you want to um or i mean you, you can choose to uh, enjoy life a little bit more so it all depends as you said uh, on on your priorities
1: 100%. and I'll, on on that i'll add the a, a phrase because it, it's just struck me as the similarities just struck me which which is uh, when I first started my career. I, I, I there was a saying that a dollar you save through tax planning is a dollar you don't have to chase after in returns, right? Investment returns, mm-hmm. and and said similarly, like in, in in the same way, like as your income goes up, taxes become a bigger and bigger part of that equation. And for a lot of Canadians, it can become almost the biggest expense, right? In mm-hmm. a sense, right? So so yeah, plan for it, and 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 there are ways to look into that deeper and to make sure that you can mitigate, mitigate and save on taxes and and if you plan accordingly that also compounds to something more so yeah just wanted to point that out as well.
0: for sure we, we might get into a more deeper dive episode when we write the experienced professionals edition <laughs> and get in when, when you're in that tax area uh, but I wanted to touch a little bit about uh th- things like uh Assets and and the investments that you actually put this money into so uh as, yep. as you mentioned before like the the misnomer of the tax-free savings account it's not really a savings account you can actually put it in other things like uh like stocks bond mutual funds and things like that right and and other assets to, to help it grow right um and same with rsp right there are different vehicles it's, it's just on on uh how, how the account is i guess labeled uh for yep. for the, um, all intents and purposes but you have a kind of the, the typical so you have like um stocks you have bonds you have mutual funds and things like that. And then Mm -hmm. a lot of folks are actually starting to look into real estate. So I know a lot of young folks that are looking to uh, buy an investment property to either flip or a rental property. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. of them are actually looking to buy businesses where there could be like an online... Amazon dropship type business <laughs> where yeah. they can uh, sell things on the side or whatever. Some of them are, are, are looking into physical assets, right? Where they're collectors and, and they believe that this particular uh, baseball or Pokemon card <laughs> is going to go up in value over time, that sort of thing. And then there's like things like, like NFT and crypto, which are kind of on, on the fringes a little bit. Uh, but those are often weaved into the, the, the conversation of, of different kind of investment vehicles and things like that. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on any end or all those?
1: Yeah, so it's exciting times, and I love it. I I love those conversations, and uh, it, it definitely is exciting to to hear about what everyone is getting up to. And I I'd say like you know with with all um, assets, right, and or securities, whatever you want to call them, right, um, just understand that that uh, it follows the rules of supply and demand, right, mm-hmm. and that that uh, there has to be people that want to buy you know, your asset for it to be worth something, right? If if no one wants to buy it, it's not worth anything, right? So all all assets uh, follow that rule, right? When there is a marketplace, there's an exchange of goods, right? It Just understand that that's the mechanism behind everything. And like all marketplaces, uh, things don't always just go up, right? There are times when things can go sideways or down as well, right? We're, we're seeing it right now in in certain assets actually a, a lot of different types of assets at, at this moment uh across uh, across the board so just understand that 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 those rules are still in place and that uh it, it's it's part of the entire equation i'd say that um when it comes to things like uh that you can hold in RSPs and tfsas as well um there are certain things that are deemed acceptable right that you can hold in these types of accounts so uh mutual funds etfs stocks uh uh, bonds, fixed income, like uh, GICs, right? Saving, even savings accounts. These are typically uh, structures that are allowed for, in, in things like RSPs. You can't, you know, buy real estate in RSP or a TSA, right. right? Unless it's through an income trust, but that's another story. But uh, for the most part, you know, there are different types of assets, and you kind of want to group them in in, in uh, different classes as well uh, in terms of uh, their behavior. So, um, so that's kind of a, kind of a high level, like in, in general, I think for, for most people that are exploring the topic, right. You want to look at the different types of asset classes, how they behave and, and whether or not, um, their, their behavior fits in with what you are comfortable with. Right. Um, you know, some, sometimes banks call and, 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 investors will have assessments called like risk tolerance questionnaires and that kind of stuff. And for, for me, you know, I, I've, I've always kind of thought, Hey, I don't know if it properly captures what, what entail, what people look at risk as, but it, there is some of it is what you can stomach, right? If, if you're holding something like a stock, even if it's a very large company, right. That, that has been around for a, a century, right. it, it, it that doesn't mean that it's going to always keep growing, right? And mm-hmm. it also means that when things change, when interest rates go up, it may go down, right? So you, even if you have a long-term view on where that asset class is headed or that particular security, right, um, you want to understand that it's still part of the marketplace, it's still being traded, and, and you know those things are going to happen, and you have to be comfortable stomaching you know, things that happen, right? same thing for real estate and i think uh like it's it's easy to forget sometimes in in the especially the toronto area that that uh, real estate uh like every other market can correct right and and as you explore some of those um decisions right just make sure that you're looking at all sides of the coin and understand that what all the different things and parameters that that can happen and, and take a educated step forward. And obviously it's not to say you know, the worst thing that can happen a, a lot of times is just being paralyzed and that uh, being and analyzing to over analyzing things. like yes, that's you don't necessarily want to go there, but at the same time just make informed decisions that you really you understand uh, the risk that you're taking on and, and yeah go from there.
0: Yeah so so what I took from that is uh at, at the, like all of our other advice just start like put it in something but uh <laughs> like you probably want to start with i don't know like a Market ETF type of thing, like a low fee thing, just, just to kind of get it in there, whether it's a mutual fund and this and that. There's all sorts of different vehicles. Y- your bank or, or some sort of professional will be able to help you uh, with, with those, but just get started. And then, as you can invest more time and get a little bit more savvy on these things and look at some of the uh, other ones that are a little bit more complex to, to get into. Um, and that's obviously the stuff that can be held within the RSPs and the TFSAs. And then you can also, uh, again, if you, if you want to be a different type of investor, you can take a look at like real estate assets and actual. Business business like physical assets and, and all that uh, sort of stuff as well so but just be mindful that uh, some some of them are in 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 the hype cycles so uh, I, I point specifically to like the NFTs and the cryptos where there's a lot of money to be made and there's a lot of money to be lost <laughs> at the same time so it's not quite there where, where it's uh, kind of more mainstream so just just be be uh, buyer beware uh, so to speak and, and and know what you're getting yourself into um, I know I talked to someone where if you think about investment, it's basically informed gambling, right? So you never know if a company is going to keep on going up, like you assume, right? Um, but, mm-hmm. but sometimes like long existing companies have, have gone <laughs> under uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, some of the, the proceeds uh, have, have been as a result. But get, get started and then spend some time to figure out what sort of investor that you want to be and, and then kind of move in and research accordingly.
1: Yeah. and one thing that Luki, you, you touched on just now that I, I think is just so important, just the idea of uh, diversifying, right? Putting mm. up uh, and 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 ETFs, things like that, mutual uh, funds are are a way to diversify, right? It's not mm-hmm. the only way; there are other ways, but it is a way, right? And what that means is really just spreading out your risk in different s- securities and not having all your eggs in just one basket, right? So so that's it's a good idea in, in the sense that you are decoupling some of that risk and, and uh, making sure that you' you're, you're not putting your entire life savings into something that may may not pan out the way you planned it
0: yeah, and, and what that means is instead of betting on, let's say, a certain company, then you can bet on like an industry or even the entire market as a whole, right? Um, so, so those are something that can definitely uh, hedge your risks. And, and then that diversification can definitely help. And it could be also diversi- diversification outside of just um, kind of those investment vehicles, aka like the real estates, the businesses and all that sort of stuff, right? Because those are other things that, that you could mm-hmm. consider as well. And the, the last thing that I want to leave folks on is just be wary of uh, advice from friends and family because uncle so-and-so and auntie so-and-so will have this hot tip from whatever and this and that. And before you pour all of your money because they think it's good and they did the same thing, just, just be mindful. Because <laughs> right? sometimes if they are very uh, savvy uh, finance professionals and they understand the market, then you want to um, take that into consideration versus they just heard it from a, a friend of a friend of a friend who works here or whatever. <laughs> you always have to be careful of, of those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Any thoughts on on... on things to think about when, when you get advice from someone like a friend or family. Yeah.
1: yeah and, and that's such a great point. And, and I I'd say like what worked for them. Right. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Right. right. That's number one. Right. And that's a rule. That's something that can be applied in so many different places, but especially when it comes to finances, right. It's an ever changing landscape things are, you know, you know, 20 years ago, you could, buy any pre-construction condo and, and that was five you know you'd, you'd double your money in two years like that mm. kind of thing right that's not necessarily the landscape today right not to say that those are bad investments but it's it's a little bit different materials have gone off a lot right Um, um there are different a lot more supply in, in the marketplace and, and that equation has shifted right so it's just understanding that that taking it with a grain of salt understanding that Yes, maybe their advice worked well for them, but understand that there could be uh, further things to look into and they might have blind spots in in their perspective as well, that that you wanna make sure that you're capturing them uh, in order to make the most informed decision for you, so. Yeah,
0: for sure. So I think that that's a good starter conversation for those young professionals just getting in the workplace, starting to, to get their their first few paychecks and, and how to get them uh, on a good path to uh, financial security, independence and freedom later on. So if we were to, to sum it up, it's to, to make sure that uh, from your salary and your benefits, you're actually capitalizing on on everything that's uh, coming in so that the money coming in is, is as high as it can be. And then create that spending plan so that uh, the money coming in is more than, the money coming out right and take a look at uh, essentials versus non-essentials and emergency stuff because stuff happens in life so you got to make sure that that you're you're safe and then when we talk about things like savings and investments so um it's really up to you from from a personal situation for the RSPs and tfsas but generally speaking uh you you probably want to start with the tfsas rsp is when you're making a little bit more money and then if you want to go be on fire and retire early, <laughs> then you, you might need to make a few sacrifices, but then you'll you'll uh ha- have more rewards later on. And then you can look to to diversify um your investments um in, in different areas. So so probably start with whatever you can uh, get your hands on. And then as you get a little bit more savvy, um uh you you want to make sure that the investments are uh fully diversified and um just be wary of the uh stock tip from uncle so-and-so or cousin this and that right so uh yeah uh, hopefully that was a good start of conversation any other uh last minute um r- remarks that you want to share
1: yeah no and just I- i'd say have fun in this journey it's uh it's 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 definitely part of adulting, right? Uh, <laughs> taking care of your own finances. And it's an exciting journey. Give yourself a bit of grace and know that mistakes will be made and that's okay, right? But uh, with each experience, learn, grow from it and uh, make better decisions. And that's what this journey is all about. And uh, yeah, ex- excited for your story and uh, how things will go. And uh, yeah.
0: Perfect. So thanks, Paulson, for sharing your your and insights and hopefully we'll have you back for future episode. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks so much, Luki. Thanks for joining us on the Swike, Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U. And the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.